Welcome to Toku Secrets. Join us as we journey into the marvelous world of Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Power Rangers, and many other Tokusatsu. Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. It's Morphin Time! Link to the Morphin. I'm Nathan Desaad, the dazzling adventurer, Vulcan Silver. And I'm Rizwan Merson, Gokai Red. And, and we're, we're Token Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Token Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Desaad, Vulcan Silver. And I'm Rizwan Merson, Gokai Red. And uh, today, uh, especially since uh, our last podcast on this got a lot more attention than we were expecting, uh, we are doing, uh, uh, us two are here to do uh, episode two of the fan production Power Rangers Rail Riders, uh, episode two, which is called New Passenger. Uh, before before we get started on that, though, I just want to say uh, I really we really appreciate everybody who's uh, given us all that recognition. I mean, we hit over we managed to hit 1000 subs on anime secrets on uh youtube now so yeah we got a lot of feedback like we just really appreciate that from uh, everybody we got you know the people like zenith films is uh a crew was in our live chat i know that the actress who played charlie uh whose name escapes me at the moment but uh she gave us a shout out on her personal instagram Mm -hmm. uh so yeah, we really appreciate that, guys. Yeah, no, it's amazing to have the uh, feedback. And just in general, I mean, like I said at the end of our last um, the podcast at the end of the year, I mean, we were humbled by the fact that this year we've grown. Or, I mean, last year we've grown so much. And mm-hmm. I'm looking to keep growing and hopefully not derail Nathan along the way. Okay, yeah, I knew that was coming. I should have, I should have prepared myself, and yet I wasn't. Sue, Sue, all aboard the pun train. <laughs> so uh, to kind of uh, sum up how the first episode was, uh, so we have our five main characters. We have Marcus, uh, who's red, uh, Sanzoku, but we just call him San uh, Blue, Charlie Yellow, Gus Green, and Faye Pink, and they're they all find themselves battling against monsters from the shadow line. And then they arrive on the rainbow line where they meet the conductor and discover that they have the power to stop these people called the shadow line who are literally called like evil train Nazis, according to Gus, which I mean, that's putting it pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And then the rest of the episode just played out like pretty much similar to the, uh, to the uh, first episode of Tokyuger. Uh, where, you know, they just fight off. Now, this episode uh, takes footage. I'm not, so, I know, I'm not sure where the uh, where the early fight footage is, um, which Tokyo episode that's taken from, but I do know that they take footage also from, uh, it's either uh, 18 or 19, depending on which one uh, had, um, it, it depends on which one has the first uh, appearance of uh, the build ratio. Or whatever Akira Zord was called in a uh, in Tokyuger. So we're jumping ahead quite a bit, but yeah. uh, the way that this episode is called New Passenger, and uh, the Tokyugers, well, okay, the our Rangers, sorry, the Rail Riders, got, yeah, the Rail Riders. They're going around and they're looking for uh, so they're looking for their sixth Ranger, 
But then uh, one of the villains, who's who has the exact same name as his Sentai counterpart, uh, General Schwartz, shows up, and he's trying to uh, have the he's trying to get the Rangers to take him to the Rainbow Line, and he actually captures Marcus uh, after we get a after we get an unmorphed fight scene, as well as a, a brief scene, uh, which and this is where we can officially call this thing Power Rangers. There's a point where uh, where um, uh, General Schwartz uh, defeats Marcus and like stomps down on his on him, where like Marcus is like pinned to the ground by him, and it wouldn't be Power Rangers without these weird transitions. They actually transition it good until there's a point where the Blue Ranger uh, San shows up, and you can briefly see Wright's head in the shot when Marcus like leans up. It's like, I mean that that's happened in the past, yeah. like uh, in that episode of a uh, Super Mega Force, uh, All Hail Prince Vakar, where Noah's fighting Argus and he like slashes Argus. In the original airing of that, you could literally see Joe's hair in the shot. So I'm glad you I noticed mean, that as well, because I saw it on my most recent viewing episode two, uh, just now that Yeah. Oh look, that's Wright's head in the background. But it's funny, it just it it goes back to the these guys are pulling Saban level stuff out in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I really am here for it. So Marcus gets captured, and you know he's trying to lead General Schwartz away. General Schwartz actually has a human form in here, so that we can transition him to like original footage, which is fine because I'll be honest, General Schwartz was actually kind of a half decent villain until future. Like, if I made a list of villains that deserved a human form, I, he wouldn't be number one. Number one would either be uh, Brajira from Go Sager or. Uh, the current guy who's the main villain in uh, King Oger. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, Dog Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be he would be one, but General Schwartz is another guy who I think would have benefited heavily from a human form. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was pretty interesting. So I'm glad that they give him a human form here. Uh, we're introduced to our sixth ranger who just kind of shows up on the rainbow line. His name is Tomas, and... He pretty much has the same backstory as Akira. He was a monster whose name was Zaram, and he could create rain, and he ruined people's days by making rain. And then one day he saw a rainbow, and he was seeking redemption. And yeah, Tomas is played perfectly like Akira, where he has like this, like, where he's just so serious and somber and... I don't know. He's he's a serious character, but he's a comic relief. And yeah. then he's like, "I need to tell you about my backstory." I mean, everybody's always like, "We don't Dude, care about your backstory." Nobody cares. But I mean, he kept trying to derail everything with the backstory. It was kind of great. No. Okay, you just literally threw in a dump. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, okay, so you should be happy. That I held my tongue earlier because I had another pun I was gonna throw at you, but I decided not to. Are you sure you don't want to change your podcast ID to Cure You Blue? Because no, I'm good. That would be much more fitting. <laughs> this is only happening because we're doing a, a Tokyo User Adaptation podcast. Okay. When we're back to Time Ranger and King Ozer, nah, we're good. But yeah, and then. Uh... 
pretty much the rest of this. You know, uh, Tomas goes and he frees Marcus from General Schwartz. Then they come together and they fight off a monster. And uh, uh, w- one thing that I actually like about this is that uh, they, they use the footage. I'm pretty sure this was, uh, I think this was from a Tokyujur, the um, Tokyujur episode. It was probably, I think it was 19. But uh, but um, there's a point where, and I actually remember this when I was watching Tokyujur because it really confused me. There's a point where uh, the Red Ranger tries to switch colors with orange. He does that. They use that footage. In the original Sentai, there was no explanation given. It's just, oh, Tokyu Rokugo doesn't have to switch lines or anything. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, especially since right later does change to orange in yeah. the last episode. But here they give an explanation that works perfectly given the more like campier tone that they're taking. Like the conductor is all like, oh, Orange is a real train. He's not powered by imagination like you guys. And it's like, okay, that given how this is almost meant to kind of be like a parody of Tokyujur in a way, that explanation works. I don't know how to explain why it works, but it works. It's it's just perfect. It does. Everything in life. And like, okay, so for me, it's again they're taking the Tokyo story, which honestly, it's a skeleton, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff in Tokyo. There, don't get me wrong, but compared to this, Rail Riders takes a skeleton and flushes that out and gives it a body. Mm-hmm. And part of it is filling in the gaps of like stuff that we never got an answer to like this. And I mean, it's just very well thought out and the story writing's pretty tight to be able to cover all those gaps while adapting the story more or less. Yep. And uh, then the episode ends with um, them defeating the monster. And uh, I can't remember what uh, they call the Megazord here, but it was uh, the but it was the build. It was a it was uh, Tokyo Rokugo's main mech, which again I can't remember what they it was called, called it. The Rail uh, Builder or something. Rail Build Megazord. Okay, well that's fine. Yeah, I mean it's simple, but it works. Yeah, and I mean I like the. I think one thing I like about that scene when they're doing the Megazord stuff. And it's my it's the combat I have for the entirety of the series so far. They have really good banter between the characters. Like um they have some really funny one liners in there. Like at one point when they're transforming into Megazord mode, I think it was Starly who says, I would buy this Megazord. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, that. I would buy this toy. Um and then there's another line later where they say we're not uh, Hasbro, we're uh, Toei or something. I mean, I get that they're adapting uh, Huger, but this almost seems like Car Ranger level, considering it's clearly meant to be somewhat of a parody. Riz hasn't seen Car Ranger, but uh, well, we're, we're going to take a look at Car Ranger at some point. But at some it, point. If you've seen Car Ranger, you know what I'm talking about, it, where yeah. they're just doing a complete parody of the whole Sentai genre, they, which... They just punched holes in the fourth wall, and I'm here for it, man. Especially mm-hmm. when, uh, I think it was Faye, 
who was asking why uh, the script says to go to the quarry, and um, they respond back with, budget cuts, we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're really breaking the fourth wall, and I love every second of it. And uh, then it ends with uh, them meeting uh, conductor at the station, and they uh, and they all vowed that they're going to fight. And then they do the typical where they put their hands together and say "Power Rangers." Yep. Which, and that's how the episode ends. Yeah, I gotta say this is a lot of fun, Nate. Like I really enjoyed episode two of Rail Riders. Um, there's just so much good storytelling and again the choreography of the fights are really top tier like Tomas fighting off the human version of Swartz was really well done I enjoyed every second of that um I like I don't know um what the monster of the week's name was but I like that he had a human form as well for a little while yeah like it gives this a more a deeper like, I don't know if it's, like, a deeper connection, but it gives us, like, a deeper feeling for the villains. Like, they have a human form, and they're more relatable in a way. So, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. And I I think uh, one thing that I can't remember if they did this in the previous episode, but even if they did, but even if they did, we didn't talk about it in our previous podcast the morphing sequence. Oh yeah. Like it honest to God looks like they like the, the original footage that they shoot with uh, them, like with them being surrounded by energy, like before they transition to the Tokyo footage, uh, yeah. that finished the morph. Like that is some top, <laughs> honestly, like that's even better than, uh, some power ranger morphing sequences. Like, they make their own original stuff like it in some ways you might be out doing Saban in a way because like um to mention a Power Ranger season that Riz is not a fan of uh Power Rangers Wild Force in that season they just took the Gower Ranger footage but they photoshopped the uh the actors heads onto the Gower Ranger oh yeah they did do that didn't they (laughs) yeah like so and uh, so their efforts to make their own original morphing sequence is literally better than some Power Ranger seasons. And keep in mind, some people, for whatever reason, consider Wild Force to be part of the golden age of Power Rangers, which I don't, but some people do. Nah. Like they're doing stuff better than some seasons that some would consider part of the golden age of Power Rangers, which we don't. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, the golden age ended the time force. Yeah, it did. Um, but no, I, I definitely agree. Like, they're... So, I looked into the company a little bit more, Xena Film Media, and they've been around for quite some time, apparently. And they've been doing projects, not fan films, obviously, but they've been doing their own sort films for a very long time. And so, I think that lends itself very well with... Um, what we're doing here, like to create this thing at the level that they have it at. Um, because again, like some of the transitions they have, they transition 
um, like from the forest, they have like the little mountainy thing in the background. You would never know that the mountainy thing was not in the original footage that they had. Yeah. And did you catch my totally. pun, Nate? Bad time I didn't catch it. I said train system. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All these stupid train dad jokes, dude. <laughs> I was, I, I snuck it in to see if you would catch it. When you didn't react, I was like, damn it, I have to actually call it out to you now. I was kind of proud of this one. Yeah, well, that was a good one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that's the main thing I, but I mean, the main thing I just want to talk about is how they do like the original morphine sequence. Like, obviously they have to, I mean, I get why they take some stuff with, uh, with, um, like Tokyo, like if I were to compare it to a morphine sequence, I would probably compare it to time force where, like you have their bodies surrounded by energy, then you cut away, and yeah. then in the next shot, their morph forms are there. Like, it, I mean, it's kind of weird comparing it to Time Force because Time Force is more of the sequences, complete original footage, while here you have to cut to the Tokyo footage. But well, I, I would say it's on par with the Time Force morphing sequence in terms of quality. Controversial take of the day, Nate. I actually think the Rail Rider morphing sequence is better than the time ranger morphing sequence well yeah but you i mean that you didn't really like the cgi from that i so. hated the cgi and uh the time ranger one it just bugs me that we're looking at like um do you remember the original doom game i think so okay the original doom game was like in 1990 something so the the 3D rendering looks like it's something from the early 90s. So it it's kind of difficult on the eye for me. I mean, that's fair. So, no, I think they did better than that. And, I mean, it just, it looks good the way they did it. It looks seamless to me. Yeah, completely seamless. Yeah. Now, one thing that... I realized while editing episode one's review, Nate, we didn't talk about the opening theme. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you think of it? Because that is an original song that they wrote. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was a pretty good theme song. I mean, I, I, um, I have to, I mean, I might have to go back and listen to it again to get like a full opinion on it. But I do remember when I watched it with the original, I liked it decently. I mean, it feels, I mean, it honestly seems a lot better than uh, some Power Ranger theme songs today. Cause I mean, the last Power Rangers theme song, that I got like legitimate hype for like that. I really like to listen on its own is, I mean, I really, as sad as this sounds, it would probably have to be the Dino charge theme song. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, and that's that's really sad because the entirety of Hasbro's theme songs were not that great. And hell, a lot of the Saban, like Neo Saban theme songs were not great either. I mean, I'm looking at you, Samurai and Megaforce. Yeah, Dino Charge is the only Neo Saban era theme song that's actually good in yeah. its I mean, okay, so the Ninja Steel song, for as bad as the season was, 
I didn't mind the Ninja Steel song. It had some good chords in there. It wasn't good overall, but it had some moments I could enjoy. Yeah, Ninja Steel is the definition of a mid-theme song, yeah. in my opinion. Like, it, it's not as bad as, like, the Overdrive or RPM theme song, but it's also nowhere near the quality of something like the In Space or Time Force theme song. Right, but it it's on par with, like... Uh, who is it on par with? Some of the Disney stuff, honestly. Like, Ninja Storm... Uh, Mystic Force. Mystic Force. Well, I think it's better than Mystic Force. Let's be real. Yeah, it's better than Mystic Force. <laughs> uh, better than um, better than Overdrive by a lot. It's on Power Overdrive Fury. Is... No, no. I I think Jungle Fury is way better than that. Jungle yeah. Fury has like a top five theme song. No, top ten theme song. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but it has like the same kind of vibe is what I'm saying. It's more yeah, no, poppy. I... I would probably, and I mean, I like it about as much as I like the uh, Tokyuger theme song too. Yeah, because uh, I, I think the Tokyuger theme song is really good. I actually love the Tokyuger uh, theme song. Like, I listen to that sometimes. Yeah, so do I. So, um, yeah, that was pretty good. And then they also had some original music at the end. Um, when they're fighting at the end, you remember that? Uh, I kind of do. I wasn't paying too much attention to the music, but so if you want to... That was about sung by Charlie's actress, actually. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's cool for her, man. Dude, like, right? Like, these guys have so much talent. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just want to call out that they did that. They actually released uh, the full version of her song on their YouTube on Christmas Day. And it slaps, okay? Like, it's pretty dang good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that full theme song version then. Yeah, definitely you gotta listen to it. Uh, but uh, speaking of Charlie, uh, she's probably still my favorite here. She <laughs> made probably the best joke that I've ever heard Uh <laughs> This is something where, you know, I honestly had to pause the episode because it made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, they're fighting, and uh, Sans uh, rails, which I guess, like, I've always figured, like, I guess in Tokyo's case, like, they're supposed to be the equivalent of his glasses mm -hmm. when he's in his ranger form. They go flying off, and he turns to Charlie, and is always, Charlie, help me, I'm useless without my rails. And then she says, you're already useless. I like, I want to know man. what the Tokyo episode was doing at that point. I forget. Uh, it, it was just meant to be a comic relief moment, yeah. like because because it was kind of a recurring gag where Togachi's uh, uh, rails were constantly slipping off. It it only happens to him, which is why I'm assuming that in his ranger form, his rails are his glasses. That would make and, sense. Yeah, but I don't know how uh, Mio, because I yeah, it was Mio there. Uh, I don't know how she related into that clip. I don't but... know, but yeah, I I definitely like that a lot. It was a good joke. And then we got to talk about Faye. All right, like, dude, Faye has the most entertaining 
unknown backstory ever. So let's recap here for Signate. In episode one, we see Faye walking around a garbage bag, and at first you think, oh, she's probably homeless or something. No, homegirl has a bag of money and a trash bag that she leaves behind, and we don't know why. In the second episode, we find out that she had an ex-boyfriend who she made go missing. And now she's kind of, you know, giving murder vibes. Like she's kind of taking her little wooden sword and sewing the sign of slitting her throat to threaten uh, the team. Mm-hmm. And then there's later a scene where um, Starley threatens uh, San and uh, Thomas with, if you don't start fighting now, I'm going to throw you in Starley's room and make you sleep there tonight. I mean, in uh, Faye's room tonight. And <laughs> you cut to Faye, and she just has, like, evil energy mode. And I'm like, Faye, you're supposed to be adorable and cute, but you're you're kind of scary, and I, I really love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say, like, Faye's characterization has been fantastic as well. Like... I just love the quips we get with her. Yeah, she would... I mean... I don't know. If this was an actual Power Ranger series, I would probably put her... Like, she could probably make a case of, like, being, like, a, like already being, like, a top Pink Ranger. Because when it comes to rating Pink Rangers in both Sentai and uh, Power Rangers, like, for Sentai, you have... Mako and Yuri and I personally like Boken Pink but like I think some people will put him there but then after that there's kind of a huge drop off and it's the same with Power Rangers like I mean excuse you me have... Ahim is pretty badass you can't deny that oh yeah 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 of course okay it's um, the thing with with Power Rangers Jin is obviously there yeah uh Kimberly uh I Technically, you have to say Corone. Now, I, I'm going to have some stuff to say about how I feel about Corone when we get to when we actually review Lost Galaxy ahead of our Ginga Man review. Now, I'm not saying she's a bad character. She's still in my top five, but I have issues when with how they treat not how she is, but how the show treats her. Yeah, when she's a when she's a ranger, not so much her as a character. So don't think I'm bad-mouthing her. It's more that I'm bad-mouthing how the show uses her, if you know what I mean. No, that makes uh, sense. I can see that. Uh, but after that, like, I mean, I I can't think of, like, other Pink Ranger. Well, okay, Amelia, but Amelia, I mean, a lot of her... Watch me know. No, even if you take out the Cosmic Fury stuff, she's actually pretty good. So. Amelia's a fantastic Pink. I mean, I think she's still top five. Yeah, but, like, after you get, like, the top five, like, maybe you could add, like, one other person here and there. Like, you could add Shelby, but, like, is anybody else, like, really, like, Faye is already more interesting than half the Pink Ranger characters I can think of. Like, she's, I would say at least right now she's on par with someone like Kendricks from Lost Galaxy, because I really like Kendricks and Lost Galaxy. But she's more interesting than uh, Cassie. She's definitely more interesting than... uh, Dana mm-hmm. from uh, Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah, Dana um, was boring to me. I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, more interesting than Sid or Vita from SPD and Mystic Force, respectively. And then we're not even going to uh, talk about Rhodes. 
Nah, Rose doesn't deserve as much hate as the other Overdrive Rangers. That's fair. She's still not a great character. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, after that, you got the Neo Saban pinks, which is uh, Mia and Emma. And I don't know if I remember much about Mia, to be honest. Uh, Shelby was pretty good. Shelby was all right. I like her, but I think, I think Faye has more personality in some cases there. Like Shelby has a good story, but Faye's personality is what sells it for me because. See, actually inspires like intrigue for me because on one hand, this girl will go off and say, I have owies and you think, Oh, she's adorable. Next minute she's like murder girl. And you don't know what's going on with her and it's fantastic. Yeah. I don't wanna say she's better than her syntax well. Maybe just the fact that she has like that murder edge to her. Maybe she's technically better than Kagura, but Kagura is still a great pink. I yeah. Just, I don't know. Like, they're both great in my opinion. I mean, I know you haven't seen uh, The Strongest Five or whatever it was called, that movie. But Kagura mm-hmm. is also pretty awesome in there. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So, no, I think she's a really good pink and... Um, briefly before I get to the next main thing I want to cover, I think, um, Marcus and, uh, San are also still pretty awesome characters in their own regard. Yeah. We still need to learn more about Gus. Which Actually, I think... I think we got more from Gus this time that I wanted to talk about. So. Yeah, I found, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think Gus in this one, um, we kind of get more of a vibe of him that he's at least sarcastically not wanting to be there and he's being forced to do stuff. And like, I love the scene where he's just sitting in the back watching everyone else fight. And he's like, yeah, go Rangers. And Charlie's like, get your ass out here and fight. So, yeah. And, like, even in the train when they're talking with the conductor, uh, Gus is very adamant that he doesn't want to be there. At one point he says, I hate my job. And you, you're starting to get his personality to come out, and I'm really liking it. Like, he's he's the reluctant hero, and it works pretty well for him, I think. I mean, in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me of... Uh... Zeb from uh, Star Wars Rebels, where he's just annoyed by everything, and like half the time he talks. Maybe Zeb more in like season one, where like Zeb just is constantly rolling his eyes, talking down to everybody, and just and just has this overall attitude of like, "Shut up! I don't want to be here. You're all so stupid. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone. Shut up!" Like, I mean, and I like Zeb, so I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna badmouth that. <laughs> yeah, no, Zeb's amazing, but. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that Gus and Zeb are similar in that. Um, there is some similarity, but I think Zeb is more. He's not as comic relief when he does it. At least I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with. I can attest to that. 
Yeah, I think... but I can't wait to see more of what they do with Gus because if you remember the first episode shows him shows him pointing a gun. Yeah, as some at someone like he's going crazy. So I really want to see where they're going with that. I mean, I feel like these characters all have something a bit more psychological to them. Like Faye's a murder girl. Gus has the gun thing. Um, San seems to be overly nervous about something, which I think is his personality trait. Uh, Tomas, dude, that guy is legit Akira. Like, there's no difference there at all. But yeah. Akira had that kind of same kind of thing going for him. Charlie is just super amazing. I, I don't need no man. I'm an independent white girl. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I, I think these characters all have something really fun going for them. Yeah, and I'm all for it. I can't wait until uh, 2024 rolls around, which, I mean, 2024 will have rolled around by the time this podcast gets posted, but I just yeah. can't wait until they uh, post the next episode. Yeah, I'm really excited looking forward to what uh, we get next. And, uh, yeah, I think the game plan is I've been talking to Zenith Media on on uh, Instagram and we're going to try and do a podcast in the early part of January, bring them on. And then we're going to lay out a plan of doing episodes three, four and five as they come out. Yep. So yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Like these guys are doing great. I still stand with my statement of Hasbro hire somebody's people to your company somehow and have them just run power rangers with a bigger budget. Could you imagine if these guys had the budget of like Hasbro, a multi-million dollar company? Mm-hmm. It'd be so great. I mean, <laughs> I I really uh, I mean I don't like to uh, plug my own stuff, but like if I ever want, maybe not, maybe not my BioForce stuff since that's like early stuff where I feel like I was a little too. Uh, I was a little too derivative, but if I ever wanted to, if I ever finish Millennium Warriors anytime soon, and I mm-hmm. want to like bring that to life on the screen, I might feel half tempted to hire Zenith Films to do that if they do. This I mean, dude, you said like these guys are amazing. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I in case nobody knows, I I do some fan writing on the side. Like I did Power Rangers Bioforce on fan fiction, which I mean. I'm proud that I finished that. I'm not exactly as proud of it these days because I think I'm way too derivative there. But I am legitimately proud of my Millennium Warriors stuff. And I'm also going to be legitimately proud when I finish this uh, Megaforce, uh, like this, my retelling of Megaforce, which will make everybody. And if you guys read that, I have, I can guarantee that some people will be begging to like go back in time to where I was hired by Saban. <laughs> And I mean, I'm already I begging because you give the focus episodes in general, and they're really good focus episodes that you've told me about. Yeah. I don't know if you've written them out yet, but I'm excited to see you do it. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to get to that soon. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up? No, I think that was the end of all my stuff. Um, can't think of any other ways to throw us off track here. Okay. If I if I pretend to be entertained by that, will you just call it a win? Uh I guess I can choose to do that. 
Okay. Oh, ha, ha. On tr- off track. Yes, that was a good pun, Riz. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Nate, you um, have four. No, you have three more episodes of me doing this, by the way. And are they going to be doing any? Are they going to be doing any more after that, or are they just going to wrap it up after that? So I. Okay. So here's what I know. They have a movie type thing called uh, Gem Knights or something based off a of Cure Major. Hang on, I'm looking mm. up the exact name of it now. But I, I want to check that out at some point because that looks really good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out after I finish uh, Kira Major. Which, it might be a while till I get to that because... Uh, but... Um... Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, Gem Paladin, sorry. Gem Paladin. So, that's a standalone movie. Um, I've seen some stuff about Zeozer. Which, if they do Zeozer, I'll be really excited. Because I really love that Sentai. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll have to get back to that one to, like, review the whole thing, uh. At some point. Yeah, I want to finish the Ozers in a review series, and I also want to get us back onto GoBuster at some point. Yeah, we'll be doing GoBuster soon. Yeah, we have to for the uh, Kobayashi thing. Yeah. But yeah, okay, that's cool. I mean, uh, I mean, seeing the films, I mean, uh, whatever you have going for Rail Riders, I mean, I, I mean, if, if you decide to just wrap it up in like, you know, six episodes, like you take the end... Like, you show the last episode and, like, conclude the story with that. I mean, if that's how you do it, I mean, that's great. I mean, because I like what you're doing so far. I really don't have any complaints about this. Like, you guys just keep doing your thing. Yeah, y'all stay on the straight and narrow track and keep going. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. You know my puns are very conductive, right? To getting this podcast to be more entertaining. Was the conductive? Yes. Was that another? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been on? Uh, have you ever been to Disney World and been on their Jungle Cruise ride? No, I haven't been to Disney World <laughs> since before um, you could walk, probably. Okay, because they do a bunch of, like, dad jokes in that thing. Like, you should totally just be a skipper there. Like, just the kind of thing where, like, when people are getting on the boats, be like, I hope you guys know what you're getting yourselves into. That's right. A boat. Like Nice. I like it. Something like that. I'll become friends with him instantly. It'll be great. Yeah. We are recording this at the very end of 2024. 2023. Uh, 2023. Yeah. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we do apologize for getting behind a little bit with, uh, Time Ranger. We've just, uh, both Riz and I have had a really difficult month. I don't even want to. Nope. I don't even want to talk about nope. how bad. Nope. We're not going there. Month is, but we still have this podcast and we really appreciate all you guys giving us the support. Again, we've hit 1000 subs on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate that. Our numbers are up on Spotify. Like we, we just love all you guys. You guys yeah. have given us a lot of the support and, you know, we appreciate, uh, both, uh, Carl Dutton with Scyther Inc and Zenith films, uh, with, and their people, like we appreciate these connections that we've built. Uh, we are going to have Carl on and a Zenith film people on 
on individual podcasts. Like we, we just really appreciate all these connections that we've built and we're hoping to uh, build ourselves up even more in the next year of 2024. And uh, we hope to have you guys along for the ride. And I'll just consider that a uh, my train pun for the, we... for the podcast. Okay, whatever. You got to train harder to get on my level. Okay, that that was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, when we record next time, we'll have Anthony and Patrick on to uh, do our next two Time Ranger ones. Uh, the... Everything leading up to the in-game arc, then the in-game arc, then we're going to do our Time Force review, and then we're going to follow that up with uh, the very first uh, Sentai versus Power Rangers versus special, where we pit Time Force and Time Ranger against each other. I'm really looking forward to that, since we've finally reviewed a Sentai where it and its Sentai Power Rangers counterpart are about on par, or at least good enough to be like compared to each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, after that, uh, we'll you know we'll reveal the rest of our schedule for after that. Only um, time will tell. Yeah, totally. <laughs> With that said, uh, we thank you guys uh, so much for uh, taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. Leave comments down below with either your thoughts on Rail Riders or uh, anything you want us to. Uh, review and uh we'll give your comments shout outs uh, at the beginning of our podcast when that time comes uh if you're listening to this on spotify or itunes give us you know a review and you can reach out to us at uh, animesecrets.org to uh give us feedback you know in the same way uh you know give us you know a rating out of five or however the rating system works on itunes i'm not sure how that works uh and uh, check us out on our social media pages on Anime Secrets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those pages, and our website. And uh, that's about it. Uh, once again, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to uh, our Rail Riders podcast. And we will be doing uh, Rail Riders Episode 3 when it comes out. And we'll see you guys next time with uh, Anthony and Patrick on with us as we take a look at Time Ranger once again. But until that time, you guys stay safe. Have a happy new year. We love you and may the power protect.